Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love. Love at first listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. In an hour, we're going to have John Lewin on, Deputy yes. DA of uh, Los Angeles County. Uh, he works for Gascon. Uh, Gascon wants to close down uh, the unit that he works in, the Major Crimes Division. By major crimes, we're talking about the prosecution of uh, serial killers and yeah, other, other horrible big cases, uh, the Specter case and. Uh... Uh, many other high-profile cases. So you know, uh, it's an ki- important bureau that's been around a long time. Killers who have colorful nicknames, those kinds of cases. Yes. And he has been speaking out against Gascon, and he says Gascon is going to uh, punish him and others by shutting down this unit. And, uh, you know, that's going to drastically uh, uh, affect the prosecution of the absolute worst, most deadly criminals we have. Yeah, it was. We learned yesterday they have surpassed the actual number of signatures they need to uh, get us a recall vote, but they need a cushion. They definitely need a cushion because uh, shenanigans can occur at these registrar offices when they validate signatures. Not so much when they're counting votes, is it? But they really scrutinize recall petitions. Trust me. There's a- uh, so uh, uh, you can go to uh, recalldagegeorgegascon.com. Get that petition if you're an L.A. County registered voter and help with that cushion. There's a, you need a big fat cushion. 
There's a, a news story today about Gascon, and there's a uh, they describe this person as a longtime deputy DA who voted for Gascon originally and has since revised his opinion. He says voters expect their district attorney to protect the public. Instead, they got a Trojan horse, a DA, and his coterie of radicals and sycophants. Yeah, he who brought are, in these public defenders to be like prosecutor people. Yeah, radicals and sycophants who are hell-bent on blowing up the criminal justice system in the name of progress. This is from a guy who voted for him. I, I can't imagine. One day we'll find out what really was going on behind the scenes in the, uh, in the uh, DA's office because, you know, they have about 800 or so prosecutors, and nearly all of them hate Gascon. Oh, they're, they're in favor of the recall. I mean, this right. is uh, – yeah, but, I, I mean, not just in favor of. I mean, they're actively criticizing Gascon constantly in the media. I, there's hardly a newscast I turn on where I don't see a deputy DA on the newscast complaining about – uh, and rightfully, rightfully criticizing Gascon over one case or another because these cases come out almost every day. Now, we also, yeah, John Lewin will be our guest next hour. We also learned that uh, the death of the two El Monte police officers is on the hands of George Gascon because the killer got himself a nice plea deal. Not long after George Gascon became L.A. County District Attorney, which spared the killer prison time for a probation violation. This guy's name is uh, Justin Flores. There is another twist to the story, which we're going to have to work on verifying, but I'm seeing a pretty good source that tells me it's probably true. One of the directives signed by George Gascon after he took office is the following. The Bureau of Victim Services will contact the families of individuals killed by police and provide support services, including funeral, burial, and mental health services immediately following the death, regardless of the investigation or charging decision. Some are interpreting this to mean that you are paying for Justin Flores's funeral. Oh my! Like that. Oh my! Good. Well, he was killed by police. Is there going to be an exception wait, to this? Gascon has a program to pay for the burial of the, of the the, uh, the gunman. Individuals killed by police. Yes. Holy no! Really? Regardless of the investigation or charging regardless decision. Regardless of the investigation. Apparently, he- it's a special directive twenty twelve. No. The Bureau no. of Victim Services. So he's Gustin Flores, the cop killer, is treated like a victim, too, because he was killed well, by police. What I noticed last night as they were explaining how Gascon's policy gave Flores the big break is, is they contacted Gascon's office and they put out a blistering statement defending themselves saying it was a load of gibberish, but the gist of it was, well, this was the policy. This was in line with the policy that the DA had. It's, yeah, the policy was a blanket policy. He wasn't going to charge extra strikes on someone who already had a strike on their record. Flores had a strike from a felony burglary charge. He served time in prison in 2011. This would have been a second strike when he was found in possession of a gun illegally. The second strike would have put him back in prison for at least three years. But Gascon issued a blanket policy that you can't do that. You can't prosecute him that way. You can't give him any jail time. And so the prosecutors in that individual case were forced to give Flores some stupid probation. Yeah. Which he he w- w- was was violating. He had violated because of uh, he was attacking his wife, and he was supposed to see um, um, uh, a probation hearing officer 
on uh, June 27th. I doubt they would have revoked his probation, but he was he was he was in limbo on probation when he should have been in prison. And had he been sentenced properly, he would not have been free on the day this week where the cops got killed. This is absolutely on Gascon. Absolutely on Gascon mur- double murder. I guess his motive for shooting those officers was the fact that he did probably stabbed that wife a couple of days yes. earlier and thought, oh, they're coming for me. They're going to send me back to prison. I don't want to go. Yes. You know, I mean, he'd gotten away 12 times he was prosecuted over the course of uh, the last decade and never put back into prison. Who knows what the stories are behind that? 12 times. And now finally he gets something worth putting him in state prison over, except all the policies are to keep a guy like him out. So now he kills two cops. And this is like a crucial crossroads moment here. For everybody. Are we going to put up with this for another day? Not just Gascon. Getting rid of Gascon is vital, but it doesn't solve all the problems. Because you've got Newsom in the Democratic legislature. You've got all these idiot propositions. Oh, this is what pissed me off last night. I was practically in tears last night because I was watching Fox 11's coverage of of all the people in El Monte who were just... uh, They really showed up at that memorial. Showed up at a memorial and there were a lot of flowers and there were people crying and they were talking about the two cops, you know, the lifelong residents. Both both of these officers had have widows now. They both had children, and it was just extremely sad. And they were they were just you know they were profiling the whole Gascon angle on this. And you just realized it was Gascon's actions that caused these two brutal deaths. It was absolutely on him. And I I just I just felt this this surge of anger watching the television. And then Newsom released a statement basically offering his thoughts and prayers and yeah. honoring the police officers. And I just wanted to I just wanted to scream. It's like you son of a his policy in the future is to release seventy-five thousand more state prisoners. Seventy-five thousand. That is, as Biden would say, no joke. That's the plan. Seventy five thousand based on Prop 57, which has allowed the Department of Corrections to throw out all the sentencing rules of the past. Now, everybody can be paroled extra, extra early. They're going to be dumping prisoners by the tens of thousands. State prisoners like this guy, Flores. Flores was a mild uh, 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 convict compared to the people that are left. Right. He was just it was felony burglary. That they had on the record. There are people who have records that are far, far worse than Flores. Newsom is going to let them out because the public stupidly, stupidly was lied to and voted for Prop 57. This is only the beginning. You have no idea. This is the very, very tippy tip of the iceberg here. You people have no idea what's coming if you don't turn all this around. Getting rid of Chesa Bodine and Gascon is necessary. It's great. But it's only a fraction of what needs to be done. A lot of people are going to be reelecting Newsom. God knows the damage that's going to come to California if Newsom releases the 75,000 people. And if you think, no, that's not going to happen, they already released 65,000. Yeah, I mean, the, the ballot measure doesn't say they have to be released. It just gives the corrections department, the, the probation people, the opportunity that, to do that. But they're going to take that it. That was yeah. the trick. That was the purpose. To have the ballot proposition worded in a way that it looked like they were just giving people discretion and options, right? Yes. But knowing that— But the agenda was to do it. Yes, yes. The agenda was to flush 75,000 prisoners out.
That was the whole point. But you had to fool the people. You couldn't run on that. You couldn't run on 75,000 people are going to be released at a state prison. Hooray, hooray. All right, that wasn't going to fly. So you have to say, oh, we're just tweaking it a little. You know, there's a few people who are, you know, committed mildly violent crimes or drug crimes or, uh, you know, they're, they're, not, uh, they're not great threats. And people go, oh, okay, I guess so. And that's what they thought the whole uh, Prop 57 was about. No, no, no. You gave them the tool to unlock the whole prison. Now there's going to be a step. Who do you think's living in the streets, huh? That 70,000 people that showed up in L.A. on the streets in the tents, who do, where do you think they were from? Gee, there's 65,000 prisoners that were let out, and there's 70,000 people laying in the streets. What do you think the overlap is? Yeah, it, that often is what happens to people well, released from prison. They end up homeless. Well, of course. Where are they going to go? And there's no rehabilitation going on in our prison system. If they say there is, they're lying. There is none because they don't know what to do. They don't. Uh, there is no program that they have that works. We got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI. So I'm looking at the uh, Secretary of State with the June 7th primary. Today, of course, is not June 7th. It's June 16th. But there's there's still a, a million one ballots that are outstanding statewide. Uh, most of them are vote by mail. There's another category called provisional ballots, and then there's the conditional voter registration, another category of a provisional ballot. But the vote-by-mail ballots are still like a million outstanding, including several hundred thousand in Los Angeles County alone. That particularly affects the mayor's race. The reason we're talking about this is because the El Segundo Times has decided that this is the future, that mail-in ballots are here to stay. More and more people are using them. Forget about trying to get results of an election anytime quickly. Uh, they have until, I think it's July 8th, to certify the elections of June 7th. They get like 30 days. Yeah. Eventually, they'll change that. One year, they'll blow through the 30-day deadline, and it'll become a 60-day deadline. Yeah. I mean, because at the moment, you can put your ballot in the mail, but it's got to be postmarked before 8 p.m., on June 7th. I don't know. If they're still getting a minute, are they really staring at the postmarks? Is there really somebody there? Well, that's the thing. Do you trust the system, the people in the system, knowing what we know? Do you really trust them? Do you think they're going to follow all the things that are written in the law? Really? I don't. I have no reason to trust any of these people. Uh, let's let, You know what? Let's play the disproportionate game on them. Why is it when all the late votes come in, it's disproportionately for left-wing progressive Democratic candidates? This is why Karen Bass is now ahead of Rick Caruso. And what? did you hear the other news? Chesa Bodine shrunk the recall from yeah, 60% to 55%. Yeah, he's still going to lose. He is still going to lose, but, but you but, are right. But, that's usually how this goes. Okay. And, so and, why is that? And that's what that's what happened. Why are they disproportionately uh, well, left-wing progressive votes? Does that make sense to you? Because I remember, and I, 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 I do not believe in the Trump conspiracy at all, not 1%. But one thing <laughs> did stick in my head. Yeah. I remembered when he was winning Pennsylvania the night before, uh, on election night. And then they said, well, he's likely to lose Pennsylvania because 90% of the ballots are Democratic votes, most likely. The outstanding ballots, right. And that just stuck in my head because that, boy, that seems to be a weird anomaly. Well, this and is then, why the Times likes the mail-in because it's working in their direction. So what's, but I, what's the story behind that? 
What? What? Why is it? Because they're the ones who carry on about disproportionality, right? Like yes. we, we talked before about disproportionately, gangs are made up of uh, minority men, and gangs are criminal enterprises. So you end up with a lot of minority men in prison because of the crimes they commit in gangs. That's that makes sense. But they scream bloody murder. It's like not fair, disproportionate amount in prison. It's like well, they're the disproportionate amount in the gangs. Of course you're going to get that. Well, let's let's play that game. Disproportionate amount of uh, left wing Democratic votes in the election. Hmm, maybe that's unfair. Maybe we need an investigation. Maybe something. Geez, who 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 engineered the ballot harvesting laws? in recent years. You actually read what you can do under ballot harvesting, read it out loud. You can't sit there with a straight face and tell me that there isn't going to be the temptation to pull off some kind of fraud with the ballot harvesting laws we have, which, by the way, virtually no other state has. Well, there's the kind explanation and there's the more harsh explanation as to why the late votes lean progressive or liberal or whatever you however you want to frame it uh the kind analysis is that these are often poor disenfranchised people who do not feel a part of the system they have to be given something that's making it easier for them to vote wait a second disenfranchised they can't get to polling places because they, they, they're very poor and they no, don't have no, transportation no, they don't need you don't need transportation to get to a polling place i could walk to mine so could well, they. Well, you live in a nice neighborhood. No. They you, have more of You're it. telling me the government doesn't provide enough polling places in poor neighborhoods? I don't believe that. We're not talking about big business not servicing. Uh, this is why I think. I, I don't mean, believe that. This I believe, is why Biden you know, got so many votes in 2020 because they did a lot of mail-ins all over the country. Okay. And they pushed this crowd in there. Now, they, some of it could be a fake, but I also think some of it was real that this methodology works for the progressive left side. It just does. But, um, but, yeah, and isn't that weird? Now, here's the other explanation that um, people who take responsibility for their lives, they might more lean Republican, they make sure they vote. And they vote early often, whether it's by mail or in person. But it's the other crowd that's kind of like, eh, I don't care. You know. Wait, oh, it's a presidential that's race? It's funny or because if most of them don't work, they've got all day to find their polling place. They don't, it's people not tuned with, in to voting. They don't give a damn. Somebody has to remind them and push them. Has to they come over care. the house and give them maybe a, uh, a pre-selected ballot to fill out? Yeah, if it comes in the mail, maybe they get those uh, stupid uh, spam calls over and over again about voting, and it's like, oh, yeah, I guess so. I know. People like that shouldn't be in the mix. They shouldn't be voting. Really, if, if, you're, if you're that stupid and uninformed, you shouldn't make it easier for that crowd to vote. You really shouldn't. I How does that help? should make an effort to vote. Because in. those are the people who fo are fooled by commercials. Those are the people who get fooled by Prop 47 and 57 commercials. Yeah. Who, who don't realize the 75,000 criminals are going to be let out. And where do you think the criminals are going to go? Which neighborhoods? Uh, all right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI. John Lewitt is coming on. In the next hour, this ought to be good. Uh, he's the deputy DA who uh, right now works for the major crimes division in uh, George Gascon's office. And uh, Gascon wants to disband this office because he's upset with all the criticism coming out of, from the lead uh, deputy DAs there. But uh, 
John has a lot of things to say. He he just came in the studio. I talked with him for a couple of minutes, and uh, yeah, this is really going to be good. And by the way, to confirm the story you had a few minutes ago, yes, we are paying for the funeral of Justin Flores, the guy who killed the two cops in El Monte. Because he was killed by police. Because he was killed by police. This that's is a directive another... from Gascon. Right? Yeah. So that's, he says, John Lewin says, yeah, that's real. He goes, it sounds like something from The Onion, but it's true. Gascon is having us, the taxpayers, to pay for the funeral of the two cops that Flores murdered. Uh, and that makes me, I'm not exaggerating, physically ill. Pay for the funeral of the man who killed the two cops. I think the way you phrased it was have us pay for the murder, for the funeral of the two cops. No, pay for the funeral of, of the, the man, murderer. The man, yeah, who killed the two cops. Yeah. Well, you better check the temperature because I think hell is frozen over. Brand new story. El Segundo Times just posted this hour. LADA Gascon's policies may have led to reduced prison time for a man who killed El Monte cops. No. Oh, go check it out. It looks like they got a hold of some of the internal documents which have been put on lockdown. But they were leaked, it appears, to this story to a couple of El Segundo Times reporters. Yeah, the, put, the, the, the paperwork was put on lockdown because they, they don't want the, the press to see this right away until they can figure out a better story. Yeah. All right. So it does go through what we know. He was convicted of burglary in 2011. This is Justin Flores. A prior conviction on certain felonies is considered a strike. Strikes make suspects charged with later crimes eligible for harsher sentences. Flores' earlier conviction means he had one strike against him when he was charged in 2020 with being a felon in possession of a firearm and methamphetamine. He was arrested by L.A. County Sheriff's deputies in 2020. The case, though, doesn't come along until Gascon is D.A., this is early 2021. The prosecutor assigned to the case, Deputy DA Larry Holcomb, said he had to revoke the strike allegation after Gascon took office. That's because Gascon had issued a special directive that bars prosecutors from filing strike allegations. This is a, a disposition report that the Times got a hold of. And that policy was, was uh, regarded as illegal by an L.A. By County, judge. by Superior yeah. Court Judge James Jalfont, he ruled that Gascon's policy violated California's three strikes law. It requires prosecutors to file strike allegations whenever a defendant has a previous serious or violent felony conviction and an appellate judge upheld Chalfant's ruling earlier this year. So uh, when he was uh, arrested and pleaded no contest to being a felon in charge of a firearm, uh, that means he should have gotten uh, prison up to three years. Yep, but by pleading no contest, he got two years probation and 20 days in jail. See, no contest from I've heard all my life is similar to, is exactly like a, a, a guilty plea. It it, it's treated the same way. You're not contesting the charges. In other words, you're conceding the truth of the prosecution's charges. Now, they do That's, point out that he might, even if he'd been sent to prison last year, this being June of 2022, he might have been let out, knowing our policies, even though he got, would have gotten two well, to three that, years. He might, he might have still been out. Right. But, I mean, that that's another uh, terrible thing that's going on. There's a lot of terrible things that are going on. But Gascon is responsible for this terrible thing. 
you know, the, the, by by not sending him into prison a, a year and a half ago, it it sets in motion a different path in the universe. And uh, so Dmitry Gorin, who's a former deputy DA and defense lawyer, said the dismissal of a prior strike offense by a DA's office against a gang member with a criminal record charged with drug sales and possession of a loaded gun. That's unusual. Typically, before Gascon came along, that would be in the range of 32 months. In state yeah, be, yeah, because what he did was illegal. I, I can't stress. That's what John Lewin was saying here during the during the news break. He goes, it's just flat, it's just illegal. That's all. And the judge said that's illegal. But the case happened in that short period of time between Gascon issuing the directive and the judge rescinding the directive. And in between, plea bargains were made and those had to stick. But in no universe is what Gascon uh, did a legal act. It simply is not. Well, a DA spokeshole spoke to the Times, or rather an email, Ricardo Santiago. And you know what he did? He threw the prosecutor in the Flores case from 2021 sort of under the bus, making the argument that they could challenge Gascon's policy and nobody said anything. The sentencing directive is presumptive. We empower deputy DAs to rebut the presumption if they believe extraordinary circumstances exist. Wait, He's wait, also wait. ticked what? at this. Okay, extraordinary circumstances Maybe there weren't extraordinary circumstances. Maybe he was just a felon in possession of a gun. You notice what they do? They they move the goalposts, so now it's like, well, we could have waived it if they had demonstrated extraordinary circumstances. Well, what if there weren't? Why do you need extraordinary circumstances? The law, in fact, with, with the judge's ruling, you don't need extraordinary circumstances. The law is obvious. You, you uh, commit a felony, possession of a gun, as a felon, you get 32 months. That's what the law says. You don't need extraordinary circumstances. That, that is Gascon's propaganda outlet changing the subject, subtly diverting the conversation to get you to argue about something else and put the blame on the prosecutor. That's bullcrap. That's what Santiago's they do. Santiago's also pretty worked up that this disposition report was, was leaked because it was placed on lockdown. Well, the necessary precaution. Oh, so Santiago's part of the cover-up machine, huh? They're covering up their crimes. Gascon was breaking the law. There should be some way to charge Gascon with crimes by by violating the three strikes law and not prosecuting Flores. And that leads to the uh, the two murders of the cops. How about that? How about we have a disposition of uh, Gascon being uh, being charged and, and prosecuted and sent to jail for how he breaks the law? His lawbreaking leads to deaths, clearly. For God's sakes, you got the L.A. Times finally admitting to it. Yeah, you know it's damning if the L.A. Times has done right. a story on this because the, these, these police officers' murders is, uh, is on Gascon. So, so here's what we've got. We have got Gascon clearly with an illegal policy— that's the thing. It's not a discretionary policy. It's not, I made a mistake, or who could have known? It was against the three strikes law that was passed in 1994. And, and a judge threw it out quickly and reversed and the, the, reversed the law, and then uh, the appellate judge agreed. This was not legally in dispute here. All right, coming up after 5 o'clock, our special guest is L.A. County Deputy D.A. John Lewin. Uh, he'll be joining us to, uh, well, make his case about Gascon coming up. Gascon should be forced 
out. He ought to resign immediately. I don't know how anybody could live with him as the DA. Uh, John and Ken, KFI. Hey, the uh, moist line is tomorrow, so we're running out of time for this week's collection of calls. You still can leave a message uh, by using the uh, iHeartRadio app. It's the talkback feature, a little microphone. Call the toll-free number, just like uh, always, 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. All right, as soon as we're done with the news at 5 o'clock, we will talk to Deputy DA John Lewin of the Major Crimes Division of the L.A. County District Attorney's Office. He's decided to speak about his own boss, George Gascon, and the whole recall and the directives and the word that uh, he may be dismantling the unit that John Lewin works for. Dismantling God. it, disbanding it. We can't afford to have gas going around around from here to uh, ne- next this, this coming December. I mean, if we get this thing on the ballot. It still may be the end of the year before we vote, and it may be a few weeks after uh, the November election. I mean, the damage the damage that gas cone can do between now and then. Yeah, we may not get to vote until uh, how December, many more? Right? How many more cops is gas cone going to kill? What do you think the over or under number is between uh, now and uh, December? And it is a numbers game. So the more of these people you put out there amongst the public, there's going to be more murders. Mm. It just works that way. Yeah. News. Yeah. In fact, what a great game to play, huh? A real ghoulish game. Newsom wants to let out 75,000 more prisoners. How many of those prisoners will kill how many people? How many police officers? Yeah. I, I mean, that that's what the calculation has got to be, because these are all bad, bad people. People, the guys who get into state prison, man, are they bad people. Vicious, crazy gang members, evil people, people who are compelled or driven to do violent, ugly things to others. All right. Uh, One of the more bizarre stories this afternoon comes from the Centers for Disease Control. It's not talked about as much as it was when it first became a story, but there is still monkeypox out there. So the CDC, which, of course, gets involved in matters of health, and sometimes that concerns sexual matters of health, they have put out some guidance for those who have monkeypox but cannot resist continuing to have sexual relations. Isn't there anything that stops people? I mean, monkeypox would cool me down for a while. But the CDC is not the judgmental. It's not judgment. It's it's a rational they decision. They just say, you know, we have to accept the fact that some people are going to ignore the advice. And you're right. The top advice is not what? to have sex with others. What? But if you're going to, here's their list of do's and don'ts. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, One is to uh, pleasure yourself at least six feet away from your partner. <laughs> Six feet? That just like social distancing. How are you get gonna... same kind of parameter? That's the danger zone. Wow! Another one is to keep your clothes on. That's some spring action. Go for dry humping. Oh, they didn't say that. They said dry humping. Yeah, that is the. Uh, remember that used to be in the advice columns used that years ago. What advice columns were you reading? I think it was in Ann Landers. They actually referred Andy. to it as that. It was a nicer way of uh, Ann Landers never wrote about dry humping. What they considered to be safer sex. Ann Landers huh? wouldn't even think of that. 
I think I was in there. Uh, also, because the problem is it's your, your lesions and rashes. <laughs> so that's no. why they want you to keep your clothes no. on. No. Do not touch any infectious skin lesions uh, is another recommendation. They uh, Isn't that self-evident? You have to tell somebody to do that. Wash your hands, your fetish gear, and your clothes immediately. Your fetish that. gear? <laughs> I even got Deborah Mark going. Well, you mean there's like friction between the lesion and the fetish gear? Yeah, there gear? might be pus on the gear. There might oh. be pus on the gear. How else do I put it? There might be something. <laughs> there may can... be another, no other way to put it, I guess. Uh, oh, God. They, they got 85 <laughs> cases in the whole country. This is clearly <laughs> but not why did that they... easily okay. transmitted. Okay, but they put in the fetish gear, which means it must have already come up now in their uh, in their case studies. Well, they have to consider all, all right. possible things that people do. Can you imagine right? that meeting um, as they dream up all the different ways your your monkeypox lesion can pop on some other guy? Uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> you know, <laughs> honestly, it's just not worth it. Nobody needs sex that badly. You really uh, don't. Yeah, they. Uh, well, they're looking at reports now monkey that pox. monkey pox could be spread through the semen. They yeah. have detected fragments. That's great. In the semen of patients. <laughs> Ew. Um, <laughs> That's why you have to stand six feet away. Correct. That is the reason you need to do that six feet away. Sure. I would think that if I had monkeypox, I really wouldn't be. Uh, you um, would, um, in the mood. In the mood. Yeah. Yeah. That's a better way of what I was thinking. <laughs> no. What better were you going to say? <laughs> Some people have very strong sex drives, uh, which well, is not slowed down by. Oh, here's a good one: pus-filled blisters. Uh, really? You've got pus-filled blisters and lesions, and that doesn't take you down a notch. Some have fluid-filled blisters. Some have pus-filled. Uh, all right. When we come back, uh, I'm not it's coming an important... Back. This is not worth it. You waited all afternoon for this interview. I, uh, yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah, because now I got all that on my mind. All right. Well, is it as bad as the end of the Gary and Shannon show when you're discussing uh, men leaking? <laughs> yes, this is worse than that. <laughs> Monkey pox sex? This has been a uh, bad day. De Deputy District Attorney uh, John Lewin with the Major Crimes Division is coming on next to give us uh, his very experienced, knowledgeable take on George Gascon. Yeah, we got all kinds of stuff to discuss, especially about this uh, double murder of the cops in El Monte by one of uh, Gascon's uh, protégés. John and Ken show. Deborah Mark has the news. KFI AM 640. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. 
Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love at First Listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.